0: Hi, I'm Ariel Zuemros. I'm the host of Reset, a new podcast that explores the unexpected ways technology impacts our lives. I was the first climate change correspondent on American nightly TV news. And before that, I was a science reporter for The Verge. And I learned that tech isn't just your smartphone or laptop. It's the way we develop new medicines. It's how we compose music. It's our connection to friends and strangers. Tech is changing every day. And when I see those changes, I see worlds I can't wait to dive into and question. These days, every story is a tech story. And we're going to show you why. Subscribe to Reset for free on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Right now, you can hear my conversation with Kara Swisher about our philosophy. And you'll automatically get our very first episode when it drops on October
1: 15th. Welcome to the Tinderbox, episode number three for the season. We are the podcast for Matchsticks in Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Today we're talking Flames and Flyers. I am joined by Kelly, who is part of Broad Street Hockey, the Philadelphia Flyers website for SB Nation. Good afternoon, Kelly. How are you? Thanks for spending some time with us.
0: No problem. Thank you for having me.
1: Great. So let's uh, hop right in. Uh, We're going to Flames and uh, Flyers play uh, this week. Uh, We are recording this on Sunday, so some of uh, the Flames stats may be a little bit off by the time uh, game time comes around. But we're going to get this done ahead of time and get it out there so we can inform you, the Flames fans, about the Flyers and Flyers fans, vice versa. So let's start off a little bit with uh, the Flyers. You guys have a rather odd schedule so far this season. You've only played three games and um, what's the deal with that? How's that working out?
0: Well, I I guess it's tough to schedule a lot of games when the league insists on starting your season in three separate countries and three <laughs> separate time zones. It makes things a little bit difficult. I, I mean, I'm surprised that they were able to skate in Vancouver. They came from the Czech Republic to Philly, played a game in Philly, right off to Vancouver. Um, It's got to be rough on these guys. That's a lot of jet lag, a lot of travel. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, the east to west is enough, you know, going from, say, Philly to Calgary or Philly to L.A. is a bad enough trip. Going halfway around the world, that's probably not exactly the easiest scenario to start your season. But in your three games, uh, the Flyers are putting the puck in the net. Um, So scoring clearly not an issue with you guys.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a nice change to start the season this year. (laughs) Um, uh, We were I guess we're not going 82 and 0, which is a little bit disappointing. I guess we'll have to settle for, you know. 81 or yeah, eighty-one oh and one, I guess we'll be where we (laughs) end up since they they lost in a shootout last night. Um, But yeah, we've got some new faces on the team. Um, Elaine Vigneault shook up some of the lines that we were used to seeing last season to start off this season. And it's been working. So um, I'm assuming if it's not broke, he's not going to fix anything anytime soon. Um, We've got a pretty good second line rolling right now uh, with Sean Couturier, Oscar Lindblom and uh, Travis Konechny that is outstanding. So you guys might get a look at that. Um, but yeah, they're, they're putting the puck in the net. It was a struggle for us last year, as were a lot of things. Um, so we're happy to see things
1: working out so far. Well, we'll jump right into struggles from last season. The Flyers finished the season at 37-37-8. Um, the big story, I remember, the, I think the two times we did podcasts with you guys last year was goaltending. Um, mm-hmm. I think at one point you guys went through what, six, seven goaltenders last season?
0: I believe we hit eight. Eight. Oh wow, that was yeah.
1: way off. Wow. T- <laughs> hey, if you're gonna you're gonna if you're gonna do, you're gonna it, do you, it, you might as well yeah. do it big, right? Exactly. <laughs> so uh what's the goaltending situation like this year in um in Philly?
0: It's a a relief like nothing I've experienced during my time as a Flyers <laughs> fan. Um, I've been watching this team since the late nineties, and in that entire time, I cannot remember a time that I've felt so sure that we finally have I'll put it mildly, a reliable goaltender in net. Um, Carter Hart's obviously very young. This is only his first full season in the NHL, but everything we see out of this kid seems to tell us that he is like preternaturally calm. He's got a super level head. Um, Goalies, as we know, are are a little bit crazy sometimes, Mm -hmm. and he just he doesn't seem to have any of those weird like don't talk to me before the game. I have to, you know eat this exact meal or I'm going to die. Like everything with him just seems like he's like a regular normal kid. Um, in the games, he looks super calm. He never looks like he's flailing around. He follows the the puck really well. Um, even when he has to make a flashy save, if you watch it in slow motion, you can see that the kid's got the puck the entire way. Uh, we saw that the other night against the Devils. He made a really flashy save. But in slow-mo, you could see his eyes were on the puck the whole time. It's really refreshing just to have something where you don't have to worry, is this the game where the goaltending is going to blow it? It's just nice to know that we have something back there that can give the team a chance to win, and it's been a long time since we've had that.
1: Yeah, because your backup is um, Brian Elliott, for Calgary Flame for one season. Uh, and Elliott <laughs> uh, didn't exactly have the best showing when he was in Calgary. So uh, for Flyers fans, I'm sure it's a relief to have Hart, as opposed to Brian Elliott as your uh, number one coming into a new season where you're hoping to uh Way, leave last year's struggles behind and yeah. become a better hockey team
0: yeah heading into so, last season oh sorry go ahead I was no, just gonna no, say heading in, yeah I was gonna say heading into last season with a tandem of Michael Neuvert and Brian Elliott uh, was not a, a good move um, they're both no. you know kind of made of glass so you
1: know. but, yeah <laughs> fair enough so um speaking of struggles Philly's lost four out of their last five times they've been to Calgary um any idea why Philly struggles when they're in Calgary? Do you think it's maybe the jet lag thing? Or, I, I, you know, I didn't really look at where Philly had played before that, so I don't know if it's, you know, Philly's coming into Calgary at the end of a three-game road trip or a four-game road trip or, you know, they've played in Washington the night before and then they're off to Calgary, something like that. But the Flyers definitely have struggled when they've come to Calgary.
0: Yeah, these kinds of things are always weird, I think, to nail down. Sometimes it's just... A mental block I think with mm-hmm. certain teams sometimes it's just a random coincidence um the Flyers typically start the season out west um a lot of times it's in California this year it's in western Canada and usually we end up like most teams just running through the whole western part of Canada in one swing um so it's likely that the Flyers may have been a bit tired when they've gotten to Calgary um maybe have played the Canucks the night before or Edmonton the night before or something like that yeah. um Also, over the last couple of seasons, the Flyers have had a lot of problems of their own to deal with. Um, Like we've talked about, goaltending wasn't very reliable. Uh, The coaching was a bit of a mess. Um, The general morale of the team was a bit messy. So, if we're talking on the last two years, the last four or five games, things weren't great for the organization as a whole. Um, To top that off, Calgary's got some serious weapons that you have to deal with. And if your team's not shored up on the back end and things aren't gelling, you know, Johnny Gaudreau is going to make you look silly. And that's, you know, it's just one of those things. Sometimes you struggle. I would be interested to see how they match up this time. I think it's going to be a bit different.
1: Yeah, I would think so too, especially with um, heart and goal. You've got somebody completely different now, and that that adds another layer to this. And it's also, I think it's hard too, because these aren't the typical rival games. You know, it's not like they play each other twice a season, and it's like, okay. And a lot of the times it is like, you know, you run through a gauntlet where, like, you know, Calgary's out west. You know, they've had the Kings and Dallas who they struggle against. And they got pounded in Vegas. And now they got San Jose coming up on Sunday night. And I think it's just one of those things that gets to that point where it's like, okay, here's a team from the east. Let's just get through it and hold on with life. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. And I'm sure yeah. vice versa, when the east comes out west, they're like, ugh, it's, we going to go to that place. It's cold. It's in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> I can kind of see how maybe that would uh, lend to some struggles when you're coming to a different arena, per se. Because um, I know Calgary does that when they go to St. Louis. They can't play in St. Louis. It's terrible. Mm. They, they struggle in Dallas. So um, there are places. It's weird. That just, yeah. 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 Just weird little, you know, hiccups like that tend to happen. So um, so uh, anything else we need to know about uh, the Flyers uh, coming into the game this week? Anybody we should be looking out for?
0: Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> one of the – yeah. So like I said, we added some stuff this offseason. Um, yeah. Some good stuff. The main piece that we – added was uh, Kevin Hayes as (laughs) allegedly our second line center right now, our first line center. Um, But he's been a great addition because number one, it gives us a really solid one-two punch down the center. Um, That's been something that's been kind of, since Giroux moved to wing, it's been something that the Flyers have been lacking. They had a really great top line. The second line with Nolan Patrick or whoever they threw in there at the time was always a little bit of a question mark. Um, So having Kevin Hayes on the team, he and Couturier is your top two centers. Really reliable, always going to produce for you. Additionally, he's been an excellent penalty killer for us so far, and our penalty kill was a real mess over the last couple of seasons. So that has improved quite a bit, which is nice to see. Um, and again, Carter Hart, um, you're going to want to watch him just because, if nothing else, the kid's fun to watch. So, cool. yeah,
1: Excellent. Now, Philly is a notoriously tough town to play in. That's what uh, they say. Fa- fan base wise. <laughs> um, how, how is the fan base reacting so far this season? I mean, I know it's still early, but, you know, new additions, new players, um, you know, you're off to a, a decent start. Uh, what's the reaction from the fan base? Been like people happy for now?
0: Yeah, so far, it's been really great. Um, the summer was a bit of a roller coaster. Um, not everyone was happy when they decided to go with Elaine Vigneault for the head coaching mm-hmm. job. Um a lot of people weren't happy with the signing of Kevin Hayes because they thought it was too much money, which, like, you know, it's an unrestricted free agent. They always get too much money. That's kind <laughs> of how it goes. Yeah. Um, we brought in some guys on defense, Matt Niskanen, Justin Braun. A lot of people weren't super thrilled about that because the underlying numbers for those two aren't great. And the Niskanen trade was weird because they traded Goudis and retained salary, and that was, like, a whole weird thing that no one seemed to understand. Yeah. So over the summer, there was a lot of up and down. Um, heading into training camp... People were excited that perhaps some of the rookies would make the team. Um, A couple of young guys did make the team, but it wasn't the ones that we wanted. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. But once they won that game in Prague, and once they came home and they won at home, which um, was something they really needed to do because this fan base had gotten a lot, really disconnected over the last couple of seasons. Just because not only have they not been winning, they've also been really boring and not fun to watch. So they have kind of lost – they've lost the attention of the city. And coming home and not only winning their home opener, but winning it in a really fun fashion, again, with that big save by Carter Hart was like a, a real highlight for us. Um, it seems like people are re-energized. Because the team looks good and we're not – it's been a long time. I think people right now are just kind of being cautiously optimistic that yeah. perhaps this team is good and they're finally going to start winning games and we're actually going to have fun watching the Flyers again.
1: Excellent. All great points and totally makes sense. So we are going to take a quick break right now to pause for some uh, advertising, and we will be right back after this. Hey, I'm Spencer Hall.
0: I'm Holly Anderson. I'm Ryan Nanny.
1: I'm Jason Kirk, and we're the hosts of the Shutdown Fullcast, your Avengers of college football podcast. It says here in the script I'm to riff on what that means, and basically what I mean is it's all already spoiled.
0: Every Tuesday, we talk about everything from cooking disasters to pro wrestling to unfashionable pants we wore in middle school. We also do talk about college football every now and then, like mascot fights, announcers fleeing the booth early, and unfashionable pants that coaches wear now.
1: If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it should be taken subscribe for free on apple podcasts or in your favorite podcast app welcome back to the tinderbox episode number three for this season we are the podcast for matchsticks and gasoline the calgary flames website for sb nation We are talking with Broad Street Hockey today and Kelly has been kind enough to join us. Broad Street Hockey is the SB Nation website for the Philadelphia Flyers and we are chatting Flyers and Flames ahead of the Calgary Flames and Philadelphia Flyers game, which is coming up on. I don't have the date in front of me. I knew that was going to happen. Tuesday. Luckily, have the, Tuesday. Perfect. I have the flyer schedule open, and there it is. So Kelly saves the day. Fantastic. I'm so prepared for these things. It's amazing how professional we are I, here. If I'm being Nashtis. honest,
0: the only reason I knew was because I looked like seconds before we started this conversation. <laughs> Fair. So. Fair enough.
1: I, I probably should have jotted it down in the little uh, pre-conversation yeah. notes I was taking, but hey, it's it's Sunday, and right. exactly. It's the end of the weekend. So, uh, what do you want to know about the Flames?
0: Yeah, so one of the things that I'm most interested in talking to you about is a few of the offseason moves that you made. Well, one in particular that kind of confused me a little bit, and I'm guessing <laughs> you might know which one I'm talking about. Um, James Neal for Milan Lucic. Um, <laughs> I know James Neal makes a lot of money,
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but also he's relatively good at hockey, despite being just an abhorrent human being who likes to mm-hmm. meet people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Milan Lucic, not great at hockey generally
1: (laughs) no no, but like punching people so
0: he does like doing that so i'm curious to know like how you guys felt when that happened how you think it's working out so far like are you happy with that or
1: we are we actually this is one of the things we actually brought up on our podcast this week because it is a hot topic in calgary and it's not so much the flames fans that are losing their minds over it it's the oilers fans that are losing Uh their minds over because the oilers are you know neener 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 we got james neal you stink you got milan lucic and Looking at it on paper, it looks like the Flames completely got fleeced in that deal. Um, it's also never good when you get fleeced by the Oilers. No, um, you know, so it's uh, it's a tough spot. That I look at it this way: James Neal was terrible last year in Calgary. Um, yeah, and I'm not surprised that they didn't give him a second chance to kind of you know get his feet under him and get moving. Um, but it also does kind of surprise me because Calgary has given Sam Bennett all the leash in the world and he's still trying to you know figure out who he is whereas james neal did have a track record of being a you know somebody who's good at the hockey you know right, yeah. so um but the deal i think it happened I, I think i was on vacation when it happened and i ended up looking at it and going really they traded james neal for milan lucic i'm like nah that's like a bag of pucks for a bag of pucks you know james nah. neal didn't do anything in calgary last year lucic was a nightmare in edmonton and i think both teams actually got something they needed uh, james neal he you know, got to revive and it's going to be easier for him to score a million goals this year because he's playing with Connor McDavid Uh, in Cal, in Calgary last year, he wasn't good enough to make the Sean Monaghan-Johnny Gaudreau line because Elias Lindholm came flying out of the gate and took that spot. And for the most part, the famed 3M line of Matthew Kachuk, Michael Backlin, and Michael Ferlic played well together. Ferlic tailed off toward the end of the season, but James Neal didn't do anything to make that jump to knock Ferlic out of that spot. So he was playing a bottom six role on a team where a role he's not accustomed to playing. And mm-hmm. he clearly wasn't happy in Calgary. And I think getting him out to edmonton makes sense he's in edmonton now he's but good for him i'm glad he's having success whatever that's fantastic but the Lucic side i actually like the deal more now than i did when it happened it, which sounds crazy because Lucic, i can't ice skate and i think i skate faster than Lucic. Um <laughs> he just doesn't have that burst you know he's two seasons removed from being a 50-point player and he's it's i don't see the numbers cranking up that high ever again for him but with the flames losing michael furland two years ago and losing garnett hathaway this off season calgary needed some sort of beef they needed somebody to do the dirty work in the corner somebody to be the grinder the sandpaper and lucic fills that role perfectly for calgary sam bennett is another guy who can kind of grind with him a little bit but i mean you saw it in uh, calgary's first game against colorado he had 17 minutes in penalties um, just it was, he got a misconduct. He got a fighting major. It was he was he was all over the place. But he was defending his teammates. Um Austin Zarnick took two really bad hits. One of them, the final one was it was a borderline cheap hit um that sent Zarnick into the boards. And Zarnick, um, you know, he he missed some games due to that. And Lucic stepped right in, um, fought a guy who didn't want to fight, and Lucic didn't care and punched him in the face. Um, so he's and you know he's he's been doing what he's supposed to do is. Again, he's he's getting, he's on the second power play unit, which I think is hysterical, uh, which just shows you where that Calgary's power yeah. play is. But um, yeah, I, honestly, like, yes, Edmonton is loving it right now. They're gloating. I, I, we get more responses to articles we post from Edmonton fans going, hey, James Neal scored again. What did Lucic do today? And it's like, we get it. Good, yeah. good for you. But I don't, I mean, James Neal can score 40 goals this season, but is he gonna be playing in the spring? You know, yeah, the, I- who knows? the
0: idea. Yeah, the idea of Oilers fans um trying to dunk on anybody is a little. <laughs> I know, a little funny. Like maybe slow yeah, down there.
1: Yeah, um, like, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. That's like me. You know, a Dolphins <laughs> fan. You know, being like, "Hey, Patriots, new nice move," <laughs> <type> <laughs> deal. So. Um,
0: the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is the goaltending situation. You guys, yep. Um, let Mike Smith walk. I think, right?
1: Um, yeah, we did another Calgary to Edmonton, Edmonton to Calgary, sort of. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then ended up with our old pal, Max – or, uh, yeah, Talbot. Cam, Cam Talbot, Talbot yeah. not Max Talbot. Um,
1: maybe Max Talbot would be better. I don't maybe, know.
0: Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, in net, I don't know. But um, I'm I'm kind of curious because it seems like when we were looking at the Flames last season, that was always kind of the question mark for you guys was goaltending because Mike Smith was yeah. kind of an, an up-and-down guy. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously you lost in the first round. Um, do you feel like you guys – Short up the goaltending enough, and do you think that the changes that were made, um, the Lucic thing—I think you guys brought in. I know you signed Matthew Kachuk; that was obviously a big deal. Yeah. Um, How else did you bring in this year?
1: Kyber, uh, uh, you didn't do a ton of stuff. Tobias Reeder. they didn't. Yeah, they didn't do it. It was. Yeah, but you didn't really
0: need to, right? Like it was just kind of a tinkering off-season, I think.
1: Yeah, the core of the Flames is still together, and it's the the Gaudreau, the Monahan, Kachuk. Uh, Elias Lindholm, Mark Giordano, uh, you know, Travis Hammannick, Noah Hannafin, that the the core group of Michael Backlund, that whole core group of players is what drives the Flames engine. Um, mm-hmm. this was a very, very hard offseason to write, uh, because nothing happened. Um, you know, you'd just be sitting there like refreshing the Twitter feed or the Flames feed, being like, Sign somebody, sign somebody, you know, it's like that that the internet meme with the guy poking a stick we had one. It, like <laughs> so it was like do something please you know, like, it was um yeah it, the goal technique situation um i do think it's better than last year mainly from the standpoint of david riddick got a ton of experience last year um and he is i mean he got shelled last night he didn't exactly have a, a good game um against vegas but calgary doesn't play well in vegas but that's a whole different story um I think Riddick definitely is the clear-cut number one. Coming into the season, there was talk that it was going to be a 1A, 1B between him and Talbot, and Talbot didn't have a great preseason. Um, He had one good game at the end, but his first couple games, he was, mm, it's a preseason, so it's kind of hard to judge. But um, I think if Riddick can start, say, 60, maybe do like a 60-40 type split, maybe something like that, I think they should be, They should be fine Um, if they have to rely on Cam Talbot for any reason. If, say, Riddick were to get hurt or he would go into some sort of prolonged slump, um, I think then you might see Calgary in a little bit of trouble because the goaltending stable in the uh, minors is, to put it nicely, terrible. Um, (laughs) John Gillies, who was supposed to be the anointed, you know, the future of Calgary goaltending is like playing his way out of Calgary. He's so bad. The problem is nobody wants him. Tyler Parsons is still too young. Uh, it's just it's not the it's just really not a lot down the the pipe. So the, we're all in on David Riddick. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Riddick or bust. But uh, I think Riddick's going to be fine. He's got his confidence is amazing. I mean he had a quote the other night after a game. They were like you're in a zone. He goes. I show up at the rink every day. Whenever I play, I'm in a zone. You know, he's very confident. <laughs> um, he's kind of well, he's good. got that he's got that good goaltender mentality too. But he sometimes he runs a little hot. You know, he's known to break a stick. Uh last year and the Flames lost a game in overtime on a controversial goal and he smashed his stick on the goal post and whipped the butt end of the stick out towards the officials, like he lost his mind. Um, so he's clearly goaltender crazy, you know, which we you know mentioned earlier, yeah. most of them have to be. Most of them are, but, um, yeah. I'm uh, I'm fully confident that David Riddick is uh, Calgary's answer in that um, Mike Smith, uh, good on him. You know, he's never been great. He's always been yeah. serviceable. Um, last year, you know, he stepped in, Riddick got hurt, and uh, he had to come in. And honestly, Mike Smith, it's going to sound stupid. is the only reason Calgary stayed in the playoffs for five games. Uh, he had an amazing showing against Colorado, where I think in the span of like two games he faced, A hundred something shots. It was like, it was a joke. Like Mike Smith, despite being, you know, older and held together with, you know, duct tape and rusted parts, did a, did a good job for the flames in the playoffs, but um, bringing him back didn't seem to make any sense. And, you know, if he does well in Edmonton, again, good on him. Seems like a great guy, but um, Calgary just needed to go younger with their goaltending. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with their goaltending. Um, I mean, otherwise Uh, things, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I going to say, other things like the offseason wasn't that exciting. You know, it was a bunch of, uh, what do you want to call them, uh, a bunch of PTOs came in. And, you know, none of them were like, you're coming in on a PTO, you're playing yeah. the, la- the role of you're the ninth forward or <laughs> the tenth right, forward. Right. And, and you're getting scratched most of the time. And that's kind of what you're seeing right now with them. So, but the Kachuk was obviously the big signing. They needed him. um He took... A little less money and a uh, you know a smaller a bridge deal basically, yeah. Um, instead of a long term deal, and he did it because he's like, I don't want you know any of these guys to be cut or sent from the team because I like the current team we have now, they were going to have to move somebody like Michael Ferlic or TJ Brody um, to accommodate a longer deal for more money. And Kachuk was like, look, let's just do this deal. Let's keep this team together and see where it goes, which is kind of rare in uh, and, and this day and age in hockey. But, you know, you look at Calgary, they've got Monaghan, Gadreau, Kachuk, Lindholm, uh, Hannafin, Giordano, all those guys locked up for $7 million and under. I mean, it, it's... Which is outstanding. Insane. When you look yeah. at, you know, the salaries that McDavid makes. Austin Matthews and all those guys, the big, big money they take up in their team salary cap. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau's making six, seven, five a year, which I say only six, seven, five. I would love that to make <laughs> right. that. But, you know, it's like Calgary's grad um, for living has done a great job of spreading that money out and yeah. keeping that core together.
0: OK, um, one last question I'm going to ask you is, sure. is there an under the radar player that Flyers might Flyers fans might not uh, know to keep an eye on that you think that they should watch for in this game?
1: um i don't know how much longer he's going to be under the radar but i'm going to go with noah hannafin okay. um H- hannafin's having a really really good start to a season he's very solid uh, last year was good for him uh he was you know, know he was the the i guess what you would have called it was the big piece in the deal with carolina and then uh elias lindholm overshadowed him last season but um hannafin's playing solid defense he's got a really good shot he moves the puck well coming out of the zone um I, I would say keep an eye on Noah Hannifin. Um he's got the potential because you know Mark Giordano's it's it's crazy to think a guy who's in his mid-30s is old. Um sports cars. <laughs> right? You know, so but you gotta think Giordano's probably on the back end of his career. Um, TJ Brody is nothing special on defense anymore. He's an absolute turnover machine. Um, so it's somebody's gonna have to go up there with Rasmus Anderson. And you would probably think in, you know, maybe two, three years of everything, you know stays as is Noah Hannafin could probably be up top with a guy like Rasmus Anderson. And that's a very good young defensive pairing. So uh, Noah Hannafin would be the guy that I think uh, Flyers fans should keep an eye on. And it's easy to say, Johnny. it's easy to say Johnny Gaudreau, but it's, well, I think
0: we're forced to watch him because I don't know if you knew (laughs) this, but he's from South Jersey.
1: Is he? I, Which mean, I haven't means, heard that he's from just outside. Right, Philly. yeah. That's weird. Yeah,
0: isn't it weird? Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, so we are like uh, culturally obligated to pay attention to every single human being <laughs> that comes from like a 50-mile radius around Philadelphia. So Fair,
1: yeah. fair enough. <laughs> it's, that's kind of, that's a Boston thing too, yes. kind of. Out yeah. this way. I'm just outside of Boston and Noah Hannifin went to be you, so he played up here. So, well, there uh, you go. So we'll go with him. So, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's flame stuff. Cool. So, Good all right. Stuff. Well, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up here on episode three of the Tinderbox. We want to thank Kelly from Broad Street Hockey for coming on so we could talk about the Flyers. And then we switched gears and we shared a little bit of the uh, Calgary Flames insight. So uh, Philadelphia can know what they're getting into when they uh, meet the Flames on Tuesday. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. We really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Mark. This was fun.
1: Excellent. And uh, don't forget to listen and check back every Friday. We typically do our Tinderbox podcast on Friday mornings, and it's usually posted in the afternoon. So keep an eye out for that. Again, we are Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you soon.